Hi, this is Wendy Whalen. Thank you for joining us on New Combinations. I'm so excited to have Pam Tanowitz here with me today to talk about her work and her process. And it's so fun to talk to you all the time. You're making a piece to the music you originally wanted to make a piece to, right. like three years ago. Three years ago. So yeah. um, this piece is to the music of Ted Hearn. Yes. It's called Law of Mosaics. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, it's an amazing piece of music. It's, um, let's see, originally I was going to only use four or five movements, but I decided today I'm using all the movements. How many are there? Six. Oh, okay. And they're each sort of in their own worlds. They're related to each other, but they're also their own thing. And it's just a really great way for me to be in control of the structure. So I don't really have to adhere to something like in another piece of music where there's theme and variation and there's ways that you sort of have to form and structure and adhere to a certain certain rules. This is what much more open. And the Law of Mosaics, I mean, it's a great title, and I haven't titled my ballet, but I think I'm going to use the title of the music because it's, it's, it's really uh, strong. And there's a lot of layers to the music, and there's a lot of depth for me to work with. I was thinking about, well, two things. The fact that you like very old music and very new music. Yes. And stuff in between, too, or do you kind of just kind of... I mean, the stuff I know of you, yeah. your work has been like Bach you know, all the way schnitticky mm -hmm. and and then and now then you have talk. like these two forty yeah. year old American living composers that your premiere of your piece, there's another Pam Tanowitz piece that's also on the program. Yeah. So Caroline we'll get Shaw. to that yeah. one mm -hmm. in a minute. But it is a little bit of a Carolyn Shaw Pam Tanowitz festival that night. So for that program. Yeah, I mean I love Caroline so it's exciting. And um you're right. I mean I am attracted to I love living living composers that I can talk to. Like, I, you know, I just was texting with Ted before I came here because I was going to rearrange the order. Now I'm going to, like, I just had a really great rehearsal with the three, I have three core dancers, uh, Ruby Lister, Chris Grant, and um, Savannah Durham. Durham. And I made this little section for them, and that's adding another movement. So I got really excited about it because we were talking about planning and not planning. There's only so much you can plan. Then you meet the dancers. Some of them I already knew and worked with. Miriam, Sarah, Russell, Preston, and Daniel. But I hadn't worked with Ruby or Chris or Savannah. Oh, and Mira's in it too. And I've worked with some of them more than others a little bit. You know, so as you work with dancers, you get to know them. So how are you going to know what you're going to make for them if you don't know them? And you're also learning about yourself at that moment in time. I can't just, like, put these structures and forms from the outside and say, yes, this is five movements, and the first section is going to have this. I mean, I could start out that way, but if it doesn't morph and mutate into something like fresh and what's going on in the studio, then it's just um, stale, you know? Yeah, it has to be alive, and it's yeah. like in process and in bloom and in discovery mode. And even, I mean, I've watched your 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 piece uh, Bartok Ballet a lot of times. Yeah, and I always see something new in it. And with something so thickly composed and like, it's continuously in bloom. So yeah, I mean, I, I love that about dance. I want that's what I want. I mean, 
Bartok ballets, it's interesting because the music is on the old side, right? It's old. Like, you know, it's not by a living composer. But it is, like, one of my most experimental pieces in a lot of ways. Even some more experimental than something for my company, I would say. I didn't choose it, though. Like, it's not like I said, oh, I'm going to make my most experimental work for New York City Ballet. It's sort of, like, perverse in a way. Like, why would I do that to myself? (laughs) It just happened, you know? But my hope is that to make works that are very layered, that, that, like you said, every time you see it, you see something new. You see, like, oh, I didn't realize that. Because also, not only are there um, layers within the piece, but I do this in a lot of my work. I design it so you can see it as, like, a landscape painting where you take it all in. And then sometimes you can follow one dancer and follow their track and see how they, you know, and that's also a way to, to go in. And then you miss stuff, but that's a choice. But I think the, the point is is that my work requires an active viewer. So my work isn't for, like, to sit back necessarily and relax and be entertained. That's a different kind of work. And they're both great and valid, and there's no better or worse. It's just I'm interested in um, activating a viewer. Engaging Engaging uh, them yeah. and, and making them be present, yeah. you know. And I think audiences like that, and they're smart, and they want that, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. When you first told me what the piece was and I listened to it, I was, like, freaking out with joy. I love this piece of music. Yeah. It's so it's incredible. exciting and fresh. And I felt like I could picture images and colors, and I'm not a choreographer at all but I could almost picture steps like myself no, I, I was that. like oh this is a saute right there yeah, da, da, da. You could, and a catch and then you a could da, choreograph da, da. Oh, be, it would be terrifying to me well to my one of my choreography teachers at Ohio State told me that every dancer like everyone has seven dances in them and then after seven days, I don't know if it's true, but this is what she said. Everyone has good ideas because people are smart. Dancers are smart. You have good ideas for seven dances. It's after seven, then you know Watch you're, out. yeah, if you're a choreographer. Oh, if you can get to the eighth, you've made it to being officially. Yeah, because everyone's real. got ideas. Hmm. Ideas no, are cheap. I don't know if everybody does. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think they do. I think ideas are cheap. It's all execution. Mm. Mm. Speaking of execution, <laughs> this is something I yes. have been curious about with you, in particular, composition. Like, the idea mm-hmm. of composing a dance yeah. is so clear in your work because of all, like we mentioned before, the layers and the phrasing. And the. I just, I, I see a lot of imagery within how you put your ideas together. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Or what did you learn when you were learning how to put yeah. steps together? It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I don't do the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to naturally do the same thing because it was successful before? No. Or you have to say no. No. Because no. okay. no, I, I know a lot of choreographers do. that have to kind of veer, steer themselves away from comfort sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very comfortable, like, making my trying to make myself fail. <laughs> yes. um, I don't want to... I actively do not want to redo something. Like, even when I made the Goldberg Variations and then the Taylor Company asked me to do something for their Bach Festival, I got worried that now everyone's going to think I do. But, you know, I did it because I think it was interesting for me to do a piece for the Taylor Company, but uh, I don't plan on making any more Bach. You know, 
for anywhere in the near future. Okay. I guess it's if I have something to learn from it. Yeah. You know, it has to be more than a beautiful piece of music. There has to be something more. You know, there's already other people that do that, mm -hmm. make dances to beautiful music and do it well. And a lot of my choices are what can I add? What can I add to dance history? What can I add? What, you know, a lot of times I, you know, I don't do a lot of partnering like that one would see in a, in a ballet, like a lot of push mm -hmm. and pull. And, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like unless I have something to add to that, you know, what else am I saying? Like, I've seen these steps before. Like, I mean, I know there's no new steps. And didn't Balanchine say no new steps, only new combinations? I think, I that's, think so. Yes. That's a quote. Of, and he's right. I feel like I've seen new steps, though, with your <laughs> work. I don't know. <laughs> no, there's something I don't about it. I'm like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> but it could yeah. be the context. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Exactly. So, and that I do, that's important to me. Like, mm -hmm. And that's why some of my steps are harder for ballet dancers than modern because they're close to ballet steps, but they're not what they are. So it's actually harder. I think like composition and structure and form are all in play when I'm working and I try not to impose a structure to or form too soon. I try to have the content inform that. So they're all mm. talking to each other. Yeah. Like so right now I don't know what the whole structure of this new ballet is. I have like four sections. I'm still playing with the order. I'm still playing with the idea that like Sarah and Russell have this duet and Russell has this solo from the pandemic that I've whittled down to five, you know, essentially five minutes out of 10. And also I worked with Sarah over the pandemic and we worked on a solo for her and she has like a five minute solo as well. And she's also barefoot. For five minutes? Mm-hmm. Ooh. But not everybody's barefoot. Nope, just Sarah. Oh, okay. So I don't know where that goes. Got it. If I put it in the middle of the dance, what does it mean? If I put it at the end, what does that mean? Right. Is she in other sections? Does she work? You know, so as far as like structure, mm -hmm. that's what I haven't figured out yet. But it mm -hmm. all has meaning. Like uh -huh. where I place things has all different meanings. Like so, you're developing your ingredients. Yep. You've got them all on the on the shelf mm -hmm. and you're like, now I'm going to figure out how much of each and when what? to add it in to get the final exactly. deliciousness that I'm going to make. Exactly. And God knows what it's going to taste like. Exactly. But, but we all know it's going to taste pretty good, I have a feeling. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be very different than Bartok because Bartok was a real ensemble piece, even yes. though people had like solos. It really did feel like a group will. This has really distinct so it feels different it has uh -huh. a different feel to it so mm -hmm. yeah and I feel different about it and going back so, to my metaphor of food is I like that your, metaphor I'm your, starving your, <laughs> your pieces have brought to my imagination like a taste that I've never tasted before which I think is pretty cool yeah you I know mean, that's amazing yeah like I don't I've never had that quite that feeling that yeah from a piece, you know. I like that. So, I thank do you. Too. I do too. Thank you. Yeah, like that to me. That feels important. That kind of comment makes me feel really good because that makes me feel like you are trying to understand or understand what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You make me want to dig in and pick your brain and go why did you make that choice right or how did you come up with that or what did it, what did it mean you know so yes I do like the fact that you require me to engage right yeah that's 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 what I want 
the other thing when you were asking me how I make things, I think it's also like a balance between my instinct and then like my craft, right? So, mm-hmm. so I let myself like sort of like dream and run wild and make whatever I want to make, and then I'll go back and be objective and say, okay, like where does that go in the dance, or do I need that many steps, or I need more steps, or you know whatever, like. So I think it's really a balance. But there is no way to explain. Like, I teach choreography at Rutgers, and I tell them I'm not a teacher. I'm a working artist, and I can be transparent about how I make things. These are some of my process. You know, this is what I do, and I'll take them through a mini process, or I'll talk to them about certain things. But I don't know if you can really tell someone how they make a dance. Not because I don't want to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just don't know. If you can teach that. feels like a poetry teacher or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you can teach the tools, but yeah. tools schmools. I mean, doesn't mean you're going to make write a good poem. Yeah. I mean, you can be a good yeah. student and check everything on the list and hand in all your homework. doesn't mean you're going to be an artist. Yeah. But when you mentioned the fact that you, you let yourself run wild mm-hmm. and then you pull it back together and then make these decisions. Yeah. I love that because I can see that. That's where you get the taste that I've never tasted before. I'm like, oh, well, sh- yeah. you know, you just... Let yourself just jump and fly and see what yeah. see where you go. No, that's good. You know, it's interesting because like a lot of people, you know, compare me to Merce Cunningham, like as far mm-hmm. as like the technique, the mm-hmm. footwork. Mm-hmm. Not that I think I'm right. I'm, I don't think I'm like Merce at all. Believe right. me. He's like every time I see a Merce piece, I just want to quit. <laughs> did you study Cunningham though? I did. Obviously. I mean, I studied with Viola Farber. Okay. Who was my mentor at Sarah Lawrence, okay. and I took classes. And I mean, I wasn't very good. I was always in you know like beginner or whatever. Because I always like did it my way, right? But you picked up on it, and you oh, yeah. you wanted you kept wanting to go back. You you were drawn to the... oh drawn, and again yeah. it's like the fast footwork, the clean lines. I mean, Cunningham is like ballet. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked. I feel like I've talked we, about. I this. think we did talk about yeah. this last. Um, you know, just like with moving your torso, so it's like mm-hmm. hard harder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's harder. Everything's hard. It's just different. Mm-hmm. But it's very, to me, it's very classical. Cunningham mm-hmm. makes you strong like ballet. You know. But what my point was that a lot of people compare, they say, oh, or even, and like a lot of my critics will say, oh, she's just taking Cunningham steps and ballet steps and they don't add up to anything or whatever. But what inspires me the most from Cunningham isn't the steps. I mean, I am inspired by his technique. I don't know how he choreographed. I don't choreograph like him at all, I don't think. But his imagination, that's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is the thing that I've been very, so inspired by, by Merce Cunningham, because his imagination is huge. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I try to think of that mm-hmm. in my head. like Go there. Go you there. Can... Be imaginative with composition. Be imaginative with your space. Like, not just, not the steps, but, like, to push your imagination in these other ways. Mm-hmm. I love how you use space, too. You always break that wall, that barrier. You always take it a little beyond where everybody else goes it does keep my imagination just completely activated and good curious and i find myself allowing myself to do make my choices as a viewer right because that's what i want that's what i want you're so you're empowered too to make yeah yeah you're a cultivating agency and everybody involved viewer dancer no, it's that's all true. Yeah. Thank Yay! you. Okay, okay. I'm on the right me. track. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Thank you. 
Do you have your designs for this piece? I do. Do you have your lighting, your costume? Every, yes, everybody's. I have, yeah, I have. Um, uh, Reed and Harriet are doing the costumes, and they're gorgeous. The color pastel-y. story. Yeah, that's pastel-y. how I picture this music. It's too. like yeah, yeah. pastelli, but there's also some other. I can show it to you. I mean, it's a podcast, so I can't show the listeners. <laughs> They've got to get their tickets. <laughs> they got to get the tickets, but yeah. I can show you. And then Brandon is uh, doing the lighting, and Brandon I meet. Sterling Baker. Yep. Yep. Your dancers always seem to be super connected within the piece, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you talking about my company? Your, okay. Well, or, or no, the dancers, your, the, in the dancers in the works that Got you it. choose for mm-hmm. us at New York City Ballet. It seems like a team. You seem like a captain of a team. They are very committed to you and... They seem very inspired by you. And I've not been in your rehearsals. I haven't been able to see what is the magic ingredient. How do you build that out? Is it just who you choose to bring in the room? I think that I have to like everyone. And and when I say like, I don't mean like I have to be friends with them. I just, because we're all spending time together. So it's like a mutual respect. And um, I have to like fall in love with their dancing somehow. That's how I choose them. And there's lots of dancers I wasn't able to. It's, it's not... Um, you know, others, they're busy or whatever, you know, think like logistical things. I think that, you know, dancers, and I've said this before about my own company, you know, when I work with them, they play a very dignified role in my work. I treat them as collaborators and I treat them as equals. So maybe they feel that we work together. I mean, we don't do improvisation where I'm like, dance. They use their brain in my rehearsal, you know, problem solving. And it may, I think it all has to do with that. And I'm serious about my work, but I don't take myself seriously in a way that um, maybe puts them off or something. So I think it's a combination of everything, like the people, the vibe, what I'm doing, how I work with them. You know, I love working like one-on-one or with two dancers. Mm-hmm. Right now we're in a room with no understudies or covers yet. So it's really nice I mean, I know that's super important and it's great to have them, but when I'm making the work, the less people in the room is like is way better for me because mm-hmm. then I can make those real connections with the dancers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Build that chemistry and yep. communicate just deeper. And what's also interesting is that I'm sort of oblivious. Like, I don't know who dances with who or who as far as New York City Ballet. So a lot of times some of the dancers I put together, they haven't even danced together. And so that's sort of interesting and exciting I think for them yeah because it's a it's different for them too yeah fresh yeah uh, unjaded kind of it's outside the box for sure your your work is for sure outside the box and and I love I love that about you you don't have to name names but Mm -hmm. what are certain qualities within the dancers that you choose that you fall in love with what what is it about them that you and you don't again, no, no names. No, I but don't what need are the to, qualities yeah. that you've found in the dancers you choose to work with? I think that obviously, you know, the New York City ballet dancers are, you know, the best in the country or the world. But also to have that technique, but also to to let it go, would be one aspect of it. And you you know that because you do that in your you know in your dancing, like you. You know how to use your technique and then also to let it go. And I think it, that's really hard. Um, I think, you know, clean lines and a clear intention, but also not rigid. 
So I really ask of my dancers two things at once. I want clarity, but sometimes and looseness. But looseness doesn't mean like schlumping. It means like it's like an active looseness. Or you know, I'll tell them like, don't mark this the way you perform this section. Like in bar talk, there's parts where I'm like, you mark you mark this. This is how you perform it as you're fully marking this, or else it's too you know. And um, dancers that can fill in the blanks with different textures. Because some of my steps aren't that interesting. Like they're very, some of them are complicated, but some of them are really simple. And they're simple if they're, if you're not present. Yeah. Yeah. That being, makes sense. Being uh-huh. alive and, and committed in the moment. Right. And not thinking about the past or the future, but like this is it. Like, and what am I giving? How much am I giving? Ma- exactly. Dialing it, it up or down or right. in or out. Mm-hmm. And that making those judgments on the spot is super exciting and yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, dancers, ballet dancers, but also modern dance, every all, dancers like do sort of exercises that they like, you know, like they're used to, like a tendu or, you know, or at the bar and they sort of don't know where their legs are sometimes or they tune out. And so my work, like even if it's similar to a ballet step, like you, it can't be done the way you they maybe learned it when they were 10 years old or something because I don't want the head or the arm but if I say do this and then they automatically do something else that they know of they're not being present do you know what I mean they're going back to a well they're not thinking right they're going to a lesson they're not being present right now a habit a training exactly yeah and I say like it doesn't mean that the way I'm asking you to do a certain step is like better it just means you this is you having choices now you know of choosing how you're going to do that tondu you don't have to do it that way you could do it this way this way or this way cool yeah it's that's that's a whole um philosophy of how to dance well exactly certain ballet companies across the world it's not a typical way it's it's something balancing brought to the united states and tried to build and and um develop here and so you're you're reinforcing that and in, in a the different 21st way. century yeah. with a very different vocabulary. Because it's about, yeah. yeah. And I think going back to your question, what kind of dancers do you like to work with? I think it's how dancers approach work. That's how I know if I can work with them. Mm-hmm. It's not how high the leg. It's not how many turns. I mean, they all can, everyone can do that here. It's really about the approach to the work. Mm-hmm. Super and interesting. And someone like Miriam, mm-hmm. and I, I just worked with Miriam and Mira, I made a duet for them because of Eminem. Like, sir, oh, I just like. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And so we made this duet. I've oh, I really wanted to try to explore the point you more because mm-hmm. I feel like that's something I'm lacking and I need to do work on that. So I had them come in and I'm making this little sort of tappy foot thing in silence. And they were great and they're amazing in rehearsal. I mean, everyone is, but like, that's just on my mind because we did it yesterday. Uh-huh. And I'm exploring and experimenting, and they're up for the challenge. They're not just like, tell me what to do. Where do I go? But I don't think anybody here is really like that. Everybody's got a different approach, like you said. And some are are way more interested in participating. Right. And some really are feel more safe and, and being told what to do and they like to have that safety so it's very, yeah it's, it's really interesting different. it is yeah. interesting yeah. Um, and I guess I am drawn then to the people that want to collaborate because ultimately the pieces aren't about me they're about them and so they have to want to feel uncomfortable because it's exposing yeah 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 and sometimes 
the greatest discomfort brings out the most growth or beauty then you don't expect it well it's actually like stunningly beautiful even though it was hard to get there so yeah Yeah. cool the original Mm -hmm. email from Mm -hmm. justin Mm -hmm. when he asked me to make something for new york city ballet in that email he said i think you will be good for the dancers Mm. i'm excited for the dancers to work with you Mm mm-hmm and I think what you're describing is what, like, what we are talking about right now is like he—that's what he wanted because yeah. it's different. Yeah. And he was interested in having the dancers have that experience. Yeah. And they've and this commitment that's been building over the years. And you've got the range from some of the most senior principals to one of the newest core members, which I love also in your work. Love. You also you don't. It's interesting. You, to me. you blend experience within yeah. the group and within that. Something I've noticed in your work is you really lift those young dancers up to a new level because you require them to step up. Yep. And the agency you give them makes them take that into every other ballet they do, which oh, I love. Great. Yeah. Great. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm always rooting for the underdog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, you know, for me that was like I was felt that way for a long time in the dance world. Um, so yeah. You were the underdog. I remember oh, yeah. Pam and, uh, yeah. and Always. Yeah. I mean, I'm 52 now. I started choreographing when I was 24. Mm-hmm. I think people started noticing me when I was like 46, oh. maybe? Uh-huh. Yeah. Long haul. Yeah. I'm do you tired feel, Do you now. feel like you've arrived? I mean, I feel like. Well, I feel like I'm already done because I'm oh. tired. <laughs> Like, I'm almost like, you guys should have come earlier because yeah. I'm about to retire. No, you're not. No <laughs> I mean, way. You're, you're doing a lot around yeah. the world. You've been I'm so commissioned. Lucky. I'm lucky. I'm absolutely. Any opportunity mm-hmm. I get to, I, can, I can't I can tell you that for someone to pay me to make a dance mm-hmm. is still, like, I can't believe. I'm so lucky. Like, who gets to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, never take it for granted, ever. Because. Yeah. You know, you remember you used to see me in City Center. I used oh, yeah. to have day job. I mean, I thought my, I thought I was lucky when I could do one dance a year and work at a job that allowed me to do one show a year in New York. I mean, that was my career till I was forty, mm-hmm. m- more. It seems like you yeah. built, you sort of made connections with certain dancers, artists that could really bring your dances to yeah. like bright lights. You, they like, they got you. You got them, yeah. and then the pieces went boom, and then yeah, like you kept finding these. You kept finding these connections within your cast members that you. Yeah, Dylan Crossman. I mean, all. I mean, every dancer I've ever worked with has helped me because mm-hmm. that leads me. I mean, I've had a lot of different dancers over the years, and I make a piece I'm exploring, and then you know, I get better mm-hmm. at what I do mm-hmm. because of them. Mm. If I didn't have them to make the dance, you know, it's just. It goes on and on. So, you seem I, like a super collaborative spirit, which I love. I and in this day and age, is like that's that's the way to go. That's what everybody's. I mean, oh, that's absolutely. you've got you have to be. You and have it, to be. And it seems like these two composers on the Pam Tanowitz, Carolyn Shaw program that's going to well, be happening. There's, also like there's Justin Peck on and it. Wayne Shorter <laughs> and, 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 and Jamar, Jamar Roberts. Right. So it's like, yeah, hello. yeah, <laughs> no, not. Um, and Ted Hearn, he's going to be conducting. Yes, your, your so premiere. exciting. He's a no. He, he's conducting all, all four shows or okay. whatever. I'm, yeah. Wow. Super exciting. 
He's really excited. He's but, stoked. But these <laughs> composers that you are drawn to, these current day living, yes. young, active American composers are also, like I did a little research on them, absolutely collaborative in spirit. Oh. And they do all everything. They do film. They do voice. They mm -hmm. do composition. They do conducting. They play the instruments. They... They're always making new friends, and I feel that you're like that with them. Oh, I absolutely! Mean, in that same boat. Yeah, and when I like, I when I call Caroline and I say, "Can I do this with this music?" It's always yes. It's always, you know, the first time I worked with her was um, I did this project for the Guggenheim, and I, I asked David Lang to compose a piece for me, and he said, "I really I had never worked with him before, but he was like, my wife loves loves your work." I don't have time, but I don't want to say no. So this is what I propose. And you know David. He's and amazing. Yeah. She's an amazing. Yeah, I can see love. you and Suzanne I love, making something. I love Suzanne. Yeah. Um, but you know David. He's so, like, he's great and he's create. You know, so creative. He's like, so this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I can, I'll can. i make 10 minutes and then I'm going to have a couple other com young composers that have never uh, composed for dance. Mm -hmm do the rest of the program. And I said, great, let's do it. And they were Ted Hearn and Caroline Shaw. Oh, my God. And so, you know, that was my first introduction with them. So it was really David Lang. Yeah. And I'm going to do a before... piece of his this week. So we have this Amazing. little Amazing. And then my right new now. project is yeah. um, with my company yeah. is David Lang. We're Beautiful. doing a bard. He's making, um, we're doing a setting of Song of Songs. Wow. And the music is beyond gorgeous. So, wow. yeah, he's Bang amazing. Bang on a can. Yeah, like the, it's just a group of friends just He's making, great, yeah. constantly making stuff. I know, and um, building and connections. The, the, yeah, and the, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. But Ted and Caroline, you know, in different ways, do a lot of research. They're interested in a lot of things that I am, like his their history, traditional forms, inverted, and you know, all deconstructed, and you know. Caroline, the um, Gustave Le Gray has Let's a section. Let's talk about Gustave yeah, Le Gray. Has a section yeah. of um, a little bit of Chopin and embedded in that. You know, um, the Law of Mosaics has Adagio for strings and Four Seasons embedded in that. Like, I, like so they're very interested. I mean, they both sound so different. But they're both very interested in reworking history and reframing history and um, re you know, contextualizing how we hear things, but they do it in radically different ways. So Gustave Le Gray is really exciting to do. How did you make that piece? When did it, you make it originally? This is one of the rare pieces that we're bringing into the repertory yeah. of New York City Ballet. The company as a whole in history has maybe done that like four, yeah. five wow. times at the most. So Incredible. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I mean, I don't, and also this is one of the first times where I'm just like, co like copying the piece like I'm not I, I don't really love doing that I like going in and making new, either and making adjustments and like freshening stuff up but because you're of just time, staging it here right yeah. that's I've never I don't really do that either but actually no one's seen this dance I mean tell me how did it form. begin it was yeah um, it was uh, it's ballet across America Kennedy Center yeah 2018 something like that probably 18 yeah 18 um, and it was Miami City Ballet and Dance Theater of Harlem were like sharing a week and then they mm -hmm. were doing one show where there was a show of each company and they wanted a piece where with that shared dancers uh -huh. so they called me uh -huh. 
And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how that's going to happen, but sure, let's do it. But the time was so tight because it was Miami and it was New York and what was I going to do? So I actually made a version on my company. Mm -hmm. So I have Gustav 1 and Gustav Mm 2. So I made Gustav 2, which doesn't have the Jerry Robbins references in it. So there's two versions that are very similar and... We performed it, and we did it once, and that was it. Once. Only. Once at Kennedy yeah. Center, and then... I got a call from Virginia Johnson right. saying, we want to do Gustave Le Gray, this piece by Pam, and Miami City Ballet can't do it, but we would love to do it with New York City Ballet yeah. instead. And I was like, let me see the piece. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, I heard the music, I saw the piece, and I was like, oh my God, I love this. Two dancers from DTH, and she wanted two dancers yep. from New York City Ballet. And I was like, let's do it. And, and it's then so there great. We, and um and then there was a pandemic. And then there was a pandemic. So <laughs> but it's so yeah. it's so great because of the history, mm-hmm. the connection of DTH with New York City Ballet, Arthur mm-hmm. Mitchell. I mean, it, there's so many amazing reasons to do it. Mm-hmm. Um and it just makes sense. So for Gustav too, we have two versions for you. We have the New York City Ballet slash DTH version, uh-huh. and then we have one version with four. New York City Ballet dancers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, because we at New York City Ballet we're doing the first three performances sharing the stage with the DTH dancers. Correct. So two New York City Ballet dancers, two Dance Theater of Harlem dancers, mm-hmm. and then the last two shows. Unfortunately, DTH is on tour. Right. Well, or fortunately, right. they're out there in the world showing their amazingness. So we'll have four New York City Ballet dancers. Correct. Today. So which is also nice as backup. Yeah, because we'll do it, do it again later on. Yeah. yeah. And it has a um, moving piano in it. I, I loved that part. Mm-hmm. When I saw that happen, and I was like, again, mm. another moment of Pam that I did not expect. And I was like, <laughs> I think I think this is pretty cool. Yeah, like, why not? Let's do why it. Why not? Yeah. Beautiful. I can't wait to see that collaboration. We, ha- we haven't collaborated with Dancer of Harlem on our stage in over 10 or 15 wow. years or something. Like, when so, was the last time? I know we did. We shared the stage in Agon. Oh, and wow. cool. Slaughter on 10th Avenue, some some famous Arthur Mitchell yes. pieces. And Mr. Mitchell came and coached us Ooh. in the work, too. So that was, uh, sure, that was an incredible. amazing experience. Yeah. But that was the last time we were mm. able to share the stage. So we're hoping to do do more of that. Yeah. So this will be the first of those experiences to come. Well, I'm honored to start <laughs> the ball rolling again. Yeah. Thank you. It's very exciting to um, have two of your works with, Two works by a female composer on that program as well. Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm just I'm ecstatic about that idea at New York City Ballet. So yeah. they're such a rarity. So, and two, you know, differing vibes from Pam, Tana. Yeah, they are very different. Yeah, so I'm excited. I know you have to go prepare for your rehearsal. Yeah, I wanted to just quickly yeah. just get an idea of. How do you prepare? Are you thinking of steps right now? I mean, as we as speak. I, as I'm looking at you, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Do you go in? No, I know you're thinking brise volet when I you am. see me. With like a changed yes. torso. Don't use your arms. All right, right, right. Um, what I do to prepare is I look at, which I already did, but I do it again as I look at all the videos from yesterday, mm-hmm. and I just make lists of things that I want to work on, mm-hmm. um, like little areas that don't work. Where you want to develop. Yeah, yeah so... And from there, depending on how I decide to f- fix that problem, there'll either be new steps or just a development of what I already have. Are you good on the spot? Do you? Oh, yeah. You feel, yeah, that's because some 
people like to be completely All the prepared. stuff I have is, like, right now, a lot of it is um, on the spot. But I've already thought about it in my head. Okay. Sometimes I have trouble with some of the mm-hmm. vo- ballet vocabulary, to like, at my Yeah, but they help you, right? Oh, they help me. I'm like, what's a, you know, what's a, um, I'm like, can you do a, what did I say yesterday? Can you do a, it was like two catch steps, uh-huh. like, together. Uh-huh. Which you know was a little awkward, but it was we put it together in an interesting way. I'm like, yes, I want to see all the catch steps. I love catch steps, quote you know, quote unquote. And like, let me look at those. So like, they'll show me all of them, or or they'll show me choices. You can cabriole side, you can cabriole front, you can you know they're they're great. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to see all these amazing catch steps. <laughs> well, I don't know if they'll be amazing. We'll see. <laughs> I'm so excited for this, Pam. Thanks so much Thank for you. hanging out with me and, yeah. and um, go go do your thing, lady. All right. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to City Ballet. To stay up to date on episode releases, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We hope to see you soon in the theater, so head over to nycballet.com to have a look at what's on stage.